0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Spirits Guy podcast. I am Rich, your guide through the intoxicating spirits world. Now I know we were off last week, but every now and then you got to shut it down for a little bit. Uh, I took some time off of Instagram, didn't post a sample size last week because you know what? Every now and then, like I said, you've got to shut it down and I want to be real. I want to be authentic. So if I'm not drinking, I'm not gonna pretend to post bottle shots or pictures on Instagram of things that I'm not drinking just to to show that I'm drinking. Uh and every now and then, you know, sometimes your passions get the best of you and you you gotta kinda rein them in. And so I needed to take a few days and and dry out and and kind of get back into the real world and and stay off of social media for a few days. So that's where we were, but we're back now. Um back for another edition of Sample Size Monday. I know I say it every time. It kind of sounds cliche and repetitive at this point, but wow, was I excited to do this one. My friend Leo was kind enough after he bought a bottle of Leopold Brothers three chamber rye from me at the store where I work. He was kind enough to share a sample of that with me. And it has been rough looking at this sample. In fact, it was rough looking at the bottle in the store because I wanted to try it. I was so curious about it. And then he gave me the sample and I've been sitting on it for a few days and it was killing me to to not crack this thing and just drink it. But I knew I, I wanted to kind of share it with all of you guys. Unfortunately, it's a very limited allocated bottle. I don't have any more at my store, but if it sounds good to you, Uh, I will certainly help you in any way I can try to track down one of these. It is an incredibly special five year bottled in bond rye made in a still that hasn't been used since at least World War II that had to be reconstructed from old books and notes by Vendome. It's just a, a crazy, crazy story that, you know, is to me what whiskey should be about interesting unique stories done by interesting unique people who have a passion for what they do not you know a a a desire to create a brand that sells for a lot of money so they can cash in on this but for people who actually care about the product this is just a, a fantastic whiskey um What else do we got going on? Again, we took last week off. We're back this week. Hopefully, you guys like the the hip-hop and tequila episode. I had a lot of fun recording that with the BSO. This Friday, my conversation with Brian Bartell from St. George Spirits uh, will drop. It is an incredible conversation. We talk about all of the products uh, that he brought me from the St. George line of spirits. I can't wait to share that with you guys. It is just, it, it's one of the most fun tastings I've had uh, at my store in a long, long time. Brian was great. Uh, all the products were great. But we'll save that for Friday. If you like what we're doing here, go to the podcast page on Spotify. Follow the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Um Follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Spirits Guide, where you can leave reviews and comments about the episodes. Hey, if you've got friends who you think would dig this, share this with them. Share it up on your Facebook page. Share it up on your Instagram page. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, and if you want to reach out to me directly, the Guide 89 at gmail.com. If you've got a sample that you're curious of what I think of it, uh, if there's something that I've tasted here that you want to try, I will do my, my very best to get a sample to you. If you've got a show idea or if you want to come and join me here in the studio and be part of the show, I would absolutely love it. Again, you can message me through Facebook. You can message me through Instagram, or you can email me, spiritsguide89 at gmail.com. All right, enjoy this episode. I know I enjoyed it. I Look forward to talking to you guys soon. Cheers all right guys so here we are it's sample size monday by now you guys know the deal you know what this is all about this is for a monday night we're gonna have one drink where we're tasting we're not drinking we're just going to appreciate enjoy start the week off a little mellow and why not start it off with something good You guys know that this was all kind of born out of, you know, these limited bottles or maybe not even limited. It might just be something that we find maybe in another market or somewhere else or something that our friends don't all have access to. Something that may not be readily available everywhere. We get our hands on this bottle. We get really excited about it. And then we want to share it with other people. Now, I know I say this every time, but I couldn't be more excited to try this particular sample. This, what I'm going to be tasting tonight, is the Leopold Brothers Three-Chamber Rye. Again, you talk about allocated whiskeys. You talk about limited releases. This may not be the one that gets all the sexy press, um, but if you dig deep enough, there's some, some pretty cool press on this. This is from Leopold Brothers they uh, in their distillery out in Colorado. And again, we never go too deep on a, a sample size Monday, but some of this story is really, really cool. So the owner of Leopold Brothers is kind of a he's kind of like me. He's a book nut. He loves the history of, of spirits and you know and just history in general. And while he's going through some of these old books, he comes across this recipe for something called a three-chamber rye. Now, prior to World War II in this country, this was pretty much the preferred method of making rye whiskey. And then it died out, you know, with World War II and kind of a lot of the effects that it had on the spirits industry during the war. So much so that the three-pot chamber still ceased to exist. It vanished from the American landscape. So this guy calls up Vendome. And if you guys know anything about American whiskey, you know that Vendome is the number one, the top producer of stills uh, for every major distillery in this country. And he basically called them up and said, hey, I'd like to recreate this. And they said, uh, we don't have any plans on how to recreate that. And he said, well, you know, I've, I've got these books and Maybe we can reconstruct it from there. And they said, uh, just so you know, you know, what you put into it is, is what you get. Meaning like they, he hired them. He put all the money into it and they said, if we can't do this, you're just out the money. You're taking a risk. We're not sure we're, we're telling you, we're being honest with you. We don't know if we can pull this off. And he basically said, Uh, fuck it, let's do it. So they went ahead and they built this three-chamber pot. Uh, There's a picture of it on the box. Really cool packaging, really, really stylish. Uh, And pretty much what this still was designed to do was to create a heavier-bodied whiskey. And that's how it was marketed when these stills were in use. He then went so far as to grow a Brutzi rye because that was the preferred grain used, you know, in this country. Because, you know, people, and I'll, I'll go into another tangent on another podcast about this, but this sort of myth that bourbon is the true American style of whiskey, uh, it kind of isn't. Before we were making corn-based whiskey, we were making really rye-based whiskey. So... I kind of did a little deep dive on what a rye is. It's a fast-growing, versatile, and low-maintenance seed. Uh, it's commonly used as a winter cover crop throughout the southeastern U.S. Uh, a rye is cold-tolerant and produces more forage than wheat and oats. Why is that important, that it's cold-tolerant? Because if you think of when this country was settled, it was settled in the northeast, and then we spread out from there. So corn really wasn't a dominant grain up here. Rye really was the dominant grain. And this was the kind of particular rye that was commonly used, the Abruzzi rye. So he grows the Abruzzi rye, which makes up 80% of this whiskey. The other 20% is floor malt. And I know for a fact that there are not a lot of malting floors in, in this country. Uh, it's not very typical of how we do things anymore. Hill Rock. Has a malting floor. I've been there and I've seen that. So, my friend Leo was nice enough to share a sample of this with me. We're going to talk about allocated, rare, limited. There were six bottles that my sales rep was given to sell in his territory. To the best of my knowledge, that's all that came into the region. Was six bottles of this. Price point wise, it's about two hundred. And I apologize to you guys if you hear this and you're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna go by the store where you work and grab a bottle of this. You can't. I was I was allocated one bottle of this, um, and then my friend Leo came by, and much like a lot of the the great friends that I've made, not just interested in the cool insta famous stuff. He likes interesting stuff, saw this, bought it, and then was kind enough to share this sample. From the day this bottle walked in the door at my store, I have been itching. Uh, it's it's one of those things, you guys out there who are hunters and collectors who look for interesting stuff, and you know what it's like to look at that bottle and get that itch, and you want to grab it, and you're not sure. Uh, price point makes it not quite the easiest pickup so i I had been itching on this bottle and then you know i was pretty close to pulling the trigger when leo came in and said you know what i like interesting stuff i'll take that bottle took it and then like i said he was kind enough to share a sample now the typical release and there's not a lot of it when they release this on a yearly basis uh is a bottled in bond which means it's aged a minimum of four years government supervised warehouse Bottled at exactly 100 proof, made by one distiller in one distilling season. This is the 2021 Holiday Edition, so it's a five-year bottled in bond, three-chamber pot rye. Now, right on the nose, I, I don't know how to describe it. By the way, I, I feel like for sample sizes, I want to start listing the glass because I feel like the glass you drink it out of really does make a difference. And normally I would probably go Glen Cairn with this, with a little bit more focused mouth, but I'm using the Norlands because um, you know bottled and bond, hundred proof. So there's a little bit of alcohol there, not a ton, but man, the aromas on this are outrageous. <sighs> wow. I don't I don't even know how to describe what it is that I'm smelling. Um, like pie crust yeah like like baked pie crust right on the nose maybe some i don't know mocha coconut not really darker flavors um I, I often say sometimes I taste in color, like this tastes like a light, it smells like a, a light brown on the nose, so not overpowering, not light though, just, man, this is different, this is special. Um, But ultimately the proof is in the palate, let's see what we got. Hmm. Wow, that's, that's special. There's like a, I can see the heavier body. There's almost like a hint of like an oily texture. And then it's like, like Christmas baking spices, like dry spices too. Like clove, lots of clove, um, yeah, nutmeg, allspice. Then there's a, a like a, a faint little sweetness uh that kinda holds it all together, keeps some of that dry spice from getting too dry. It's almost like a almost like a spicy peanut brittle, maybe. This is wow, this is wild it's so the the sales rep who sold it to me has a a pretty strong connection to leopold brothers and he had kind of told me when we were talking about this he said it's just gonna taste like nothing you've ever had which i love uh and I'll, i'll save the rant for things that taste like everything else for another podcast but if, if you like things that don't taste like anything else and taste good, I got to tell you guys, if you find this out in the wild and I don't know where else those other five bottles went, but if you're interested and you want to reach out to me, I will certainly do my best to to get in the rabbit hole and talk to my sales rep and see where some of these other bottles went. Yeah. If you're a, uh, I hate to say the word collector because my disdain grows daily for for those people but if you're somebody who likes to collect for the purpose of drinking and sharing with friends and having interesting stuff this is a must have if you can find it anywhere again you're probably looking at about 200 retail this isn't you know gouge this isn't full markup plus 10 20 30 dollars that's full markup plus a dollar or two, maybe you'll, you're looking around two bills on the shelf, but truthfully compared to some of these other 200 you know, dollar whiskeys that I've tasted lately that, and again, this is going to be a rant on another podcast, but where somebody is buying the work that somebody else has done and yeah, maybe they're blending it and that's their signature. But if you want something that you know exactly where it came from, there is a connection to the people who made this. This was their kind of concept to resurrect this style, to to resurrect this still. This is a must-have. Uh, three-tiered rating system, is it good? It's it's mind-blowingly good. It's. I wish I had a whole bottle and that I had a bunch of you guys here for us all to taste this because the conversation I think this would start just on the flavor alone is fantastic. So is it good? Yes. Is it worth the money? Again, anything is worth what you're willing to pay for it, but pound for pound dollar for dollar compared to some of the other releases. And I'll call them out. Some of the Kentucky owl stuff, some of the, the old Carter stuff that I've tasted, some of the barrel craft stuff that I've tasted. That's such a tip that $150, $200, uh, Price point, compared to those guys, this is worth every penny of it, and it's worth it more so than those guys are. Does the bottle solder conversation? Absolutely. It comes in a great box. Uh, It's got a picture of the still on it. It's got the story on it. And, again, if you guys investigate the story a little deeper, it's just absolutely fantastic that somebody cares that much about their craft to want to do it uh, to want to do it themselves. Leopold brothers. I am putting in my same category as these sort of creative geniuses who are going off the beaten path, who don't care if everybody likes them, but what they do care about is that if people who actually like the juice, who actually like whiskey, who are actually looking for interesting spirits, those are the people that they're targeting. Um, Yeah, they're right up there with St. George and Redwood Empire and some of my other friends out there who are just doing interesting stuff, who don't care about mass appeal. They care about making a good product, you know, and people who understand passion will get that. I got to take one more sip of this. This is unbelievable. So many different quirky flavors and so yeah in the Orleans glass this is perfect mm, the second taste was a little bit sweeter as well guys this is a winner again if you can find it out there in the wild grab this uh without a doubt i'll let you guys get back to you monday thank you guys so much for being here uh love connecting with all of you enjoy the rest of your monday cheers Yay.